Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are talking about Life or Something Like It from 2002. This was uh, suggested to us by Gina Bloom, who's also a comedian. Um, so if you're listening, Gina, shout out. <laughs> it was uh, inspired by our Leap Year episode. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Gina Bloom, great. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Gina, like Gina. Gina's good. Yeah. Yeah. She, <laughs> we were like uh, conversing on Facebook about Leap Year, and then this one came up for reasons that I will touch upon later. Oh, my God. And so it's it's been so great. So a lot of the time we don't get to see these movies together. And we didn't get to see this movie together, but we did get to see Flower this week. Yes. We we went out um, to the Union Square Regal Cinema and we, we saw Flower. And honestly, um, the reviews haven't been super hot for it, but... We enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I had a it. good time. Like I was yeah. like, I'm could like I'm considering writing a review. Like I'm like I'm 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 actually interested in flower. Like it's not gonna make my best of 2018 list, probably, unless I'm unless I really want to throw in a wild card. But like I it was a good time. It was also yeah. directed by Henry Winkler's son. Didn't know that Henry Winkler's son was making movies. Um, yeah, it was <laughs> it was really I mean, we were talking after the movie, we were both, we both kept saying like, it it took us a lot of places we didn't expect. Um, and it, because, you know, you look at the previews and you're like, all right, so this is going to be a movie about a teenage girl, like who is quote unquote, uh, free spirit or fucked up or however you want to put it. Um, it's kind of, I feel like, there's a spate of movies and it's mostly white women in them where it's like the answer to all these movies that have troubled young male teen or um, college age protagonists who are like, you know, like, oh, like I'm disillusioned with the world. This is my life. And so now there's young women who are doing the same thing. Um, and I'm, I'm happy for that, for sure. Uh, but I was I wasn't expecting a lot because I kind of felt like I would know the formula for the movie. Like she would yeah. be misunderstood, um, and then she would probably fall in love. Um, oh yeah, I really actually like the love story of this movie. It's probably it's all it's probably my favorite part of Flower is the love story. So I don't know how to talk about it like in a way because it's also like you don't part of give spoilers, right? And yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah, and it also like falls into like a lot of weird like white people movie tropes. But like I still, I don't know. I liked that. I liked that actor. I love Zoe Deutsch. She's definitely going to pop up on this podcast because Zoe Deutsch is in a lot of bad movies. Yeah, she is. She's definitely going to be. <laughs> she's going to be on this podcast. That's for sure. And I mean, but, uh, I guess she technically is at this moment, but like she'll fully be here. Also, I what I was going to tell you before we started recording is that like before we were going to see Flower, I went to the Starbucks to get like a drink. And um, I waited there for like 20 minutes for this drink. I showed up really early. Like I was there way, like even after waiting 20 minutes for this drink, I still was at the theater before you. So like, that's how early I was. And like this, they wrote on this cup, Jerry. 
They kept on asking for Jerry, Jerry. And I didn't know who the fuck Jerry was. Wow, that's so far from your name. <laughs> at least, like, people garble my name routinely. Like, I spell my name out at Starbucks. Sometimes I go by Veronica because I don't, because I'm tired of being Bronwyn. Um, and people don't fuck up Veronica for some reason. Um, but I, I, I spell out my name and it's still like Browin. Oh my God. Brownie, you know, whatever iteration. But Jerry is like so far. It's not J- even like, it's not like it's, it's, it's Jordy so, or something that could be kind of a nickname. It's so wild. It's so bad. And then they were wow. annoyed with me. Like they right? were just like, I'm just like, you didn't hear my name. You didn't make sure that you heard my name. You called me Jerry. And I just waited here forever for my fucking. Anyway. People get so mad at you for having a name they don't know, like, right away. It's so funny. It's, and by it's, funny, I mean it's fucking annoying. It is. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, we liked we liked Flower. You might not like it, but um, just so you know, we go to the movies. Uh, yeah, we get out. We don't we, just watch old rom-coms. We also watch new we movies. We have a life. Um. Yeah, I mean, it. There were a lot of moments in the movie where I thought I wasn't going to like it um, or where I was temporarily um, unconvinced. Uh, But I think that's what surprised me so much is that it won me over through those moments. Again, like I'm being very vague because it's in theaters. So I think you should. Yeah, I I, I think that it's I think that I think it's a good way of like rejuvenating teen romance, especially. And it's not just because one of the love interests isn't like, you know, a model, but that definitely helps because I'm tired of that, too. (laughs) Right. Like, oh, sad, hot people. Oh, my God. So tired of sad, hot people. Like, Can we get. Yeah. Just like. It's also just really nice on screen when you see people um, that aren't like, a, you know, a supermodel or what, for lack of a better, you, you guys know what I mean. Yeah, um, no, I mean, and the, like the thing, chemistry because that's real life. And I will, like, and I will say yeah. this, and you can take with this like what you will, listeners. Like you, you listen to us talk about romance all the time. Maybe you don't have a good idea of like. I don't know, like, where we're coming from. But I will say that the guy in Flower that the girl ends up with looks like more than one person that I've dated. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's way closer to my experience than a lot of things that I watch. And definitely these movies that we watch for this podcast, definitely. Totally. Um, so, yeah, just thinking about Flower, trying to bring some positivity in the world. Because I don't know if anybody is going to give a shit about Flower in a few months. And it's... It's fine, but I, I but I think that there's something interesting in there. I think there's something to be explored. Yeah, um, exactly. So anyway, um, on to this week's movie, which is um, Life or Something Like It from 2002. Um, this film was directed by Stephen Stephen Herrick and Stephen Herrick. Who this Stephen Herrick directed Critters. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, The Mighty Ducks, The Three Musketeers, Mr. Holland's Opus, 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what a resume! Like, this is a guy who got it done. <laughs> like, it, what's what's really interesting is that his movies, like, 
It wasn't until like the 2000s where his movies started getting bad. Like, I don't know, you, your mileage may vary on these, the movies that I mentioned, but they are like 80s and like 90s classics, whether or not you consider them good. Yeah. But then we have... But then he did Rockstar with with Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston, which is a really bad movie. Oh, man. <laughs> Rockstar. And yeah. then he made this. And then he moved on to <laughs> Man of the House, which I think is like cheerleaders in like Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, my God. So like it, it very strangely went off. Oh, my God. He I'm directed like- one of the the cutting edge sequels. Wow. Okay, oh talk my. about tying it all together. Oh my God. Dear this listeners. guy. Yeah. This this is this is why film looking at filmographies is so interesting to me. Um the last film uh, oh, oh man. Uh yeah, he mostly moved into television film after after Man of the House, but the last film that he directed uh was uh Dolly Parton's Christmas of Many Colors Circle of Love, the TV movie from 2016. Wow. <sighs> this guy. What a legend. <laughs> What? Like, seriously, what a resume. I love yeah. the journey. I, lo- I love it, too. Wow. Wow. Um. <laughs> it, it doesn't, it's not like, it, it doesn't explain the movie, but it also does. Yeah, in you know a way. I mean? Like, um, and um, yeah, it definitely explains, like, a lot of the, because the thing about this movie is that, it's really, it's really cheesy, but you can also see skill there. Exactly. Yes. And that, I watched it, um, I've seen it before, years ago. Um, when Gina first mentioned it, I didn't think I'd seen it. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, I have seen this, but it was so long ago. I barely remembered it. So I rewatched it uh, this morning with AJ and we were both like, this is, it's not. It's not a badly made movie. Um, no, it's I mean not. it kind of, kind of like cutting edge in the sense that it's, it's a movie. You know, it succeeds at being a movie, and I think it succeeds at what it wants. But I just have a lot of issues with the actual plot. Yeah, yeah, that's um, it's where the writing comes in. That's kind of a mess. And it was written by two people. One is John Scott Shepard, who the only other movie he's written is Joe Somebody, which is that Tim Allen movie. <laughs> Oh my gosh. About Tim him like Allen. standing up to a bully or something, something, something. And the other writer is um Dana Stevens. So we actually have a woman in here. And let's see, what other movies has she? Mm, is it mostly television? Mm, where's the writing at? That's my searching music, everyone. Okay. Okay, Dana. Okay, it looks like she did a movie called Blink about a blind violinist. Um, she wrote City of Angels, which is um, which is uh oh, wow. that that bad re- that supposedly bad remake of Wings of Desire. I haven't seen I haven't seen Wings of Desire, and I haven't seen City of Angels, and so I can't really speak to it. I know that Wings of Desire is one of my boyfriend's favorite movies, so I'm assuming I that he doesn't like. I haven't seen Wings of Desire, but I have seen City of Angels. So. Yeah. Um. She, well, she wrote that. Yeah. Um. She she wrote for the love of the game, and she wrote Safe Haven. 
Wow, we did that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Flashback. like, I I don't know if any of these other movies that she's done is good because I haven't seen Blink. I haven't seen City of Angels. I haven't seen For the Love of the Game because I don't care about baseball. But I have seen Safe Haven. It's not that bad. Not that bad at all. So, uh, I don't know what we're working with here. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's... um. It, this is a film basically about a, a, a reporter who uh, she's got, you know, she's got the perfect life. She's she's married to like this baseball. Well, she's getting she's her fiance is this baseball star who's the guy who plays Lindsay on Angel. And he was on leverage for a really long time. That guy. Um, and she is like up for a big promotion for like national news. She does local news now. You know, she's really, really fit. She's blonde. She's like glamorous, you blah, know, blah, I mean, blah. She's Angelina Jolie. So, like, yeah. And it's for itself. And like, essentially, like, she's got, she's got Edward Burns, who is like a cameraman who is constantly, you know, snarking at her about how fake and plastic her life is. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. He wears flannel. Uh, yeah, I was he, just like, "This is so fucking Seattle." Like, it, it, what a what what a what a dick. Um, yeah, he, and <sighs> and she and she um, <laughs> basically a homeless man, of course, played by Tony Shalhoub. A homeless man uh, played by Tony. I adore <laughs> Tony Shalhoub, and I love how he always plays these tortured savants. Like he's always a tortured genius of some sort, like Monk, or this role, like. Um, I'm spacing, but there's definitely a couple other examples. Like, it's very rare to see Tony Shalhoub in a role where he is well-adjusted, you know, in quotes, or not not gifted in some tortured way. <laughs> yeah, I assume that he's well-adjusted in that marvelous Mrs. Maisel show that I still haven't watched oh, yet. Oh, um, I have watched it. He is fantastic in it. Um, yeah, he's not tortured in the way that he is normally... He's he does play a very neurotic dad type, which he's great at. I mean, he is a dad, so yeah. not dad type. Um, yeah, he's fantastic in that. Um, but yeah, he is less tortured in ways. His his neurotic nature serves him well, and he's rich in New York. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's this homeless prophet named Jack. Um. And yeah, so that that's like a lot of the plot. Like it's like it's basically she finds out that she's gonna die, and she's a lot of it's just like reacting to that, and you know trying to deal with it. And Edward Burns like nagging her, but also like clearly wants to be with her too, and her dealing with her own insecurities and blah blah blah. And it's interesting because it because the film starts with like a flashback where it's like her and I guess she. It's like a little, here's the thing, like, Angel, okay, I'm just going to get this out of the way. Yeah. Angelina Jolie is white, yes, but she's, there are other things in there, like, she's kind of ethnic, like, she's still a white lady, like, I'm never going to say that Angelina Jolie isn't white, but this weird thing where, like, she's super, she's coated, like, super pale in this movie, Yeah. with the blonde wig, is just, it's just a lot. It is. It is a lot. And I was thinking about it in the oh, flashback. Because that flashback, 
that flashback, I was just like, that child could never have been her. <laughs> never. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I thought never. about that, too. I kept thinking about how the child did not look like her. Um, like, <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Like, the child did not have her face at all. It was just, like, a blonde white girl, but, like, didn't look like her at all. Um, she's... She yeah, uh, it's yeah, Hungarian and um she has a little bit of Iroquois um uh yeah it's yeah, like so weird she's yeah it's she's not like an Irish and English uh, you know um like Irish English French white woman yeah like, it's like um, it's like i don't want her to play like black women like she has played a black woman in a movie before and i wasn't happy about it like no. i don't i don't need that but i also just need us to like acknowledge that she looks a little ethnic and like you'd get you could even get like a little italian girl you know what i mean yeah <laughs> I no, just, I totally just, totally this is just it's so strange no it is it is and the blonde <laughs> wig like it's obviously a wig and it's obviously supposed to be um it's obviously supposed to be like news hair but she just i'm so distracted the whole time by how it doesn't like unnatural she looks oh yeah it's, like she it, doesn't look like her at all like, it, it's, it doesn't it's so strange I can't, like i and i know and they reference it in the movie like the movie's aware um and like but also her young self is blonde so like what so what what is the movie natural, making fun of i don't yeah i don't understand because I, she was a blonde kid so it's either she was like a toehead kid she's yeah. been like unless she's been like dying her hair since she was a kid like obsessively dying her hair yeah which maybe that's what's going on yeah and that's because every because her happens. family members have dark hair her mom has dark hair her her sister has dark hair her dad has dark hair so maybe that's what it is that she just obsessively needed to be blonde all the time. Yeah, because it is weird that the rest of her family has dark hair. And and she has a conversation with um uh Edward Burns where she's like where she's like, yeah, well of course I have to like he he talks about her platinum hair and she's like, well, you know, I'm a personality, so I have to have this look. Um so it it is implied that she dyes it as an adult. And I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people, like, I mean, I had really blonde hair as a child. I know a lot of people who had blonde hair and they dye it as an adult. But um, I don't know. It's, I don't know why it bothers me so much. It, no, but it bothered really me too. So it's like, you're not, so you're not yeah, alone. I'm it not alone. Okay. It distracted me too. Yeah. And like, it was like, I guess it was like more yellow as a kid. Like, I don't know. Maybe she was wearing a wig. I was just. Maybe she was a kid that was obsessed with wigs. they were trying to act like, like the movie, like she has glasses <laughs> as a child and it's like supposed to be implied that she was kind of dorky, but like. Okay, I don't know. It's like, okay. I'm, I'm like, okay, you were a cute kid. Like, I don't get it. Like, okay, I think I can explain it. Okay, so this, so this flashback here, she, okay, so she's like a little girl, and then there's a boy that she likes, and then the boy kisses another girl, and I didn't know who that other girl was for the longest time, and now that I, now that I've watched the whole movie and thought about it, I think that other girl was her sister. Yes, yes, because her and her sister have a really raw relationship. Um, it shows them with their father and like, of course, their mother died when they were kids um, and the father seems more interested in the sister's life because the sister has kids and, you know, she's married and everything. So she has a more quote unquote traditional life. Um, 
Uh, and then the sister's just like really cold to Angelina Jolie. And later uh, in a conversation, it's it's very clear that the sister's jealous of Angelina Jolie. She's like, you always got attention. Which, which, I'll, get, which I'll get into how that doesn't make any sense in a second, too. Yeah. Um... So like so like we so we get this flashback and then we see her in her real life and it's just like she works out every morning just like obsessively with her best friend who's also a newscaster. They work out and they look at um Stockard Channing who plays the news the news lady that they both idolize who's clearly supposed to be like a like a, like a Diane Sawyer maybe or a, yeah that like, was my read um. Yeah. And so they're like so they're obsessed and that and that's what they want and they want to be like her and like um like there's there's a part where the where her friend is like getting on the treadmill and she's like I ate cheese and uh. like she's so upset about it. She's just like, "Do you think do you think that like they look at the stuck our chaining? Do you think that she eats cheese?" Like <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> like and like I know there's people like that like for sure, it's just like okay, we get it. It just feels like a co- Kathy comic. It's yeah, it's moments. ridiculous. Like oh my god, one slice of cheese. What's it gonna do to you? Calm down. Also, you if know. you exercise that much, your metabolism is higher. Like it, it you're going high, like, to you be will fine. metabolize that piece of cheese. If I was working out that much, I would basically eat whatever I wanted. Like yeah. calm down. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, we we meet her um her baseball boyfriend who like I said is Lindsay from Angel, worked in Wolfram and Hart. Um <laughs> for all the Angel stands out there. He he's really nothing in this movie. <laughs> this actor Oh which, yeah, no, he's like a placeholder. His, his name is his name is Christian Kane. Um and I'm yeah. saying that from memory. I'm not even checking cuz I used to be obsessed with Christian Kane and his long face. Like I used to <laughs> Yeah, and he's supposed to be like a Mariners player, and he, he's yeah, he his character doesn't really have any depth. He's just kind of a placeholder. I for like sports. Yeah, he's like oh, I like sports. He's obviously not really in love with her, or doesn't actually know. Her, he just wants. Her. He just wanted a blonde wife, essentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And in that scene later. <laughs> And that scene later when she when she breaks up with him, what he says to her is just <laughs> it's it's wild. <laughs> I don't want to jump ahead, but it's just it's really funny. Um so yeah, she's like perfect and beautiful and like she's she's a trophy wife. She's well, she's a trophy wife in training and she's getting ready for this big transfer to New York for this big job. And then basically her boss Who's like a surprisingly nice boss. Like I kept on waiting for this boss to be like sexist or terrible or something. Same, yeah. He really has her best interest at heart in this entire movie. Yeah, I totally was here for this boss. I know. I was like, I was like waiting for her to get sexually harassed, which sounds messed up, but I was just like, that that's obviously gonna happen. And it didn't. He's so, yeah, he's just a good dude. Yeah. He's he was just like, like, you know how to, you know pitch and perform a story so go do it on yeah. That camera. yeah and all he really asks of her it's he's like okay you need to work with this guy pete for camera and pete is played by edward edward burns, burns. yes edward burns is um 
Edward Burns is basically a, this dude who has been making the same movie since the 90s. I honestly believe that his entire acting career is to fund his movies in which he just keeps making them, which, which like, the best way that I can describe Edward Burns' filmography is brocoms. Yeah. He writes bro... Like, like, eventually we'll do one of them. The only reason why we haven't is because I am trying to pick which one to do because there are so many. He's been doing them forever. And they're that you're like, well... Like, I mean, really, they're like- also similar. Like, there are some that I like. Like, and I mean, his first film, The Brothers McMullen, I Stand By, is a good film. And, like, I will watch his films. They're, they're so watchable, Bronwyn. Like, I don't know how many... If you've seen... Have you seen any? Um, I'm pulling him up right now. He's like, uh, she's the one, the groomsman, um, no looking back, I think is one. She's the one. Um, uh, sidewalks of New York, I think is one of them. Okay. Yeah. I've seen sidewalks of New York. Yeah. I'm pulling up all of them. Let's see. Fitzgerald family Christmas. There's so many more than I expected. I told you he has been doing this. He is just the holiday. I've seen that. Oh, is that him? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, he's in it. Oh, yeah, he's just in it. Yeah, I want to see just like a list of stuff that he's directed. Yeah, like, let me see. Yeah, he is directed. The Brothers McMullen, She's the One, No Looking Back, Sidewalks of New York, Ash Wednesday, Looking for Kitty, The Groomsman, Purple Violets, Nice Guy Johnny, Newlyweds, Fitzgerald Family Christmas, and something called Public Morals, which I didn't even... Know about? Oh, it was a TV series. Okay, oh, yeah, that's I've seen newlyweds too. Okay, so I have seen almost all of these. And like, it's I funny think how many? <laughs> yeah, so I've seen like three of those. Okay, I the only ones that I wow. haven't seen are Looking for Kitty and Nice Guy Johnny. Those are the only ones that I haven't seen. Otherwise, I've seen everything else. <laughs> that's it's fascinating comparing them to the ones he's in, um, and and noting similarities and differences because he's in so many rom-coms yeah he's like like, yeah he's in he he's yeah he's the he's the um, object of desire in 27 dresses which people keep on asking us to do and i want people to know that i think the 27 dresses is a good movie yeah so if we do an episode on it we're just going to talk about how we like it just so you know 27 dresses i feel like (laughs) it'll be one of those episodes we do right after a movie that was so bad we needed to just shake our brains out yeah i don't know why people remember 27 dresses as a bad movie but you're remembering it incorrectly it's great concept of it feels like (laughs) there's a lot there's a lot of ways it could be bad um and Catherine heigl is in some bad rom-coms so i feel like 27 dresses is not one of them so i feel like people just kind of assume they're like oh Catherine heigl james marsden you know, the the concept of always a bridesmaid, like, of course it's bad. And it's like, no, it's actually a really fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also felt like the sister conflict was understandable in that one. Yeah. Like, usually I'm just like, what are these white women fighting about? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Beef? I don't understand. But Why in 27, 27 Dresses even manages to, like, fix the a problem with something borrowed, in which case, like... The character of the girl who gets everything, like Malene Ackerman is just better at playing that character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. 
and like Catherine Heigl's better, and they're both blonde, so it's not like this stupid shit. It's not shit. like the dumb like blonde <laughs> brunette conflict where it's like, of course the blonde gets things. I'm like, what? What non form of like what non issue is this that we're creating? Like, oh my god, this whole like thing about blondes, and that's and that's the problem with this. That's a big problem that I have with this movie. It's just that like everybody seems to really, really hate. Um, Angelina Jolie in this movie and it just doesn't make sense like yeah, I don't understand what they're mad at yeah, her people for people are so mad at her and she's just like I don't know she's just ambitious and doing her thing like she's just very focused like she's not um, I mean and like Gina suggested it because she was talking about how leap year there's similarities to leap year because it's like this ambitious woman and then this cynical guy um who's basically just like you're not all that like calm down um yeah and so that that dynamic is similar but she's way more likable than amy adams character because she's actually she actually has a job that she's passionate about amy adams character just seemed like she liked money um uh Angelina Jolie seems like she genuinely really likes reporting and she believes in it. And like, yeah, she is caught up on certain certain aspects of career status, but that's I mean, that's pretty normal. Yeah. And um, also uh, just a quick addendum. Um, OK, so in 27 Dresses, they're both blonde. It's just Malene Ackerman is a lighter color of blonde. And Jesus Christ, why did these movies do this anyway? <laughs> It's, it's a very it's, it's like so bleach. annoying it's I like was bleach like white, I yeah. remember yeah I remember because I was like but 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 also Catherine Heigl is blonde too she's just it's not as dramatic yeah there's it's I, like a blonde brown anyway I'm tired I'm tired of white women in this shit like hair no, color it's it's, <laughs> it's really it's really I mean it's funny because I have had blonde hair as an adult before um and it actually creeped me out how people responded because I was like oh nobody cares but people were like really into it it's so like strange. it is actually a creepy like they were like I love your blonde hair and I was like okay I don't want to have a blonde now like it it's it, it, actually very creepy how people have a thing about that. It's, um, yeah, and it just like and it, and it seems like it translates in this in movies as to people just being really hostile to women like that because yeah. it's just the assumption that they get everything. So there's and all it, this like animosity. It, it just means that there's like creepy dudes that are in you who <laughs> yeah. have some weird fetish. Like it doesn't actually change your life. Like yeah, it doesn't like it's uh, it's like I almost feel like people like people in this movie think that she gets everything that she wants like because she's blonde and skinny and that she's never actually worked for anything and that would mean and that would be a legitimate criticism if she was bad at her job but, but she's, she's not actually just really hard working and yeah like, yeah like <laughs> and it's not yeah it's not like she has like a friend who's like a lesbian or who's not white or somebody who's dealing with a form of discrimination that Angelina Jolie doesn't deal with like who's like hey you get like you have an easier time because you're like white and skinny and because that would be valid. It's just like other white women who are mad. Oh yeah, it's just <laughs> it's other like, white people in this movie. Just yeah, like it's I don't know. The only person that I guess has a real grievance with her is Tony Shalhoub, but also I still feel like his anger towards her is it's so like, it's a weird sexual tension. Thing. Yeah, it's so extra. Like if you want something from her, like if you wanted money from her, you could get it, but you'd rather be a dick. I don't understand. Yeah. Tony Shalhoub's character, 
I mean, his, like, I feel like I forgive him more just because I'm like, well, he is homless. So, yeah. like, like, he's probably mad at everyone. Yeah, he's probably just, I like, mad be. at the world. But, like, and he's probably just like, why are you so obsessed with finding out my predictions? Right, exactly. But... But but I agree with you. The way that he's angry at her feels it feels personal. so personal. Yeah. yeah, and that's the way that everyone talks to her. And so like so basically like her boss is like, okay, so you got to work with Pete. And to the moment that she starts working with Pete, he's just like automatically a piece of shit. Like he's just like, it's not fun if you have to pencil it in. Like leave this woman alone. Also, like let like, her, her live her job life. Is, like her, she's literally in the public eye. <laughs> She has to pencil it in. Like this isn't like a loosey goosey. Like, like, like she like, has a schedule. Like, she will like get fired. Like people working will blast women her have fucking schedules. Even I He's have like, a fucking oh, you're schedule. So it's like, dude, you're behind the camera. You have your own responsibility. That's completely different than being in the public eye. Like she does it's have to be just, polished. Yeah, it's that is just a thing. <sighs> and so like. They're supposed to do a story and like he like changes her mic and like gives her like a hamster voice. And then like and then like everybody's just like, oh, why won't she lighten up? Why won't she lighten up? That's he should That's be fired. Job. He should be fired. That is absolutely <laughs> nuts. Like that is nuts. Like the fact that that scene, the fact that he didn't get in trouble for that and that he's like, what? Come on. And I guess the story she was reporting was related to a comedy club. So he was like, it was about comedy. It's like, no, like nobody can understand what she's saying. It's a hamster voice. You're that's so disrespectful. <sighs> yeah, it's yeah. Um, it's like, it's like she's happy and he's just like, it's like, it's just like, no, you're not. No, you're not happy. And I'm just like, let her live. And like, there's so much of like stuff where like people are just like, like, I remember there's a scene where somebody tells her, like, all you eat is lettuce. And I'm just, like... It's also this like, thing what in is movies this movies where, like, people are, like, they want women to be really thin and, like, this specific way. But then they're mad at them when they, like, exercise and go on diets. And I'm like, well, what do you want from people? Like, people Ex- don't exactly. born, like, with Angelina Jolie's body. So, like, either she's going to be eating lettuce and exercising every day or you're going to give her a fucking break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, and we, yeah. Okay, so in the scene where, like, they're about to um, interview Tony Shalhoub, this 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 comment that Edward Burns makes drives me insane. It's like, you're about to interview a homeless man and you're in a designer suit. What is she supposed what to it, wear? Oh she is gosh. at work. Yeah, she would get in trouble. Like, She's at work. How disrespectful would it be if she looked like she was trying to dress down to interview a homeless person? Can you imagine, like, if a reporter was like, I'm going to dress like I'm homeless? Like, no, that's not. Also, Did it's you not- want her to wear a t shirt? She's, she's Actually, not wearing, like, a Prada, like, evening gown. She's wearing, like, a, a regular ass suit. Like, you can't tell that it's designed. Like, the only reason why he can tell that it's designer is because he probably has enough money to also get a designer suit. Yeah, I mean, he lives in a house by himself. Like, it's just so. It's. Yeah, it's so condescending. And it's also like you're a cameraman for television. You should understand how the business works. That's what bothers me, too, is it's like it's obvious that he's being a dick on purpose. Yeah, and also later on when she does finally do a news story in like a shirt and like some sweatpants, he looks at her like she's lost her fucking mind. Exactly. Yeah, later (laughs) she does do one and she's like wearing a baseball hat and he's like, you're not ready to be on camera. Like, dude, like... Pick what you want, dude. It it really does feel like everybody in this movie has this weird sexual anger at Angelina Jolie, which I think kind of reflects uh, how the public talks about Angelina Jolie a lot of the time in general. There's this weird, uh, I don't know, 
there, I feel like there's a weird hatred towards her. And yeah, and this is especially weird for me, like watching this movie and like everybody pretending like she's just like this, like, because I know that she's playing a character, but it's, I mean, this is very much like a movie carried by her star power. And this is uh, by the, by the point when she did this movie, she was still married to Billy Bob Thornton. Wow. Yeah. 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 And so it's just such a weird thing where it's just like, where she's like supposed to be playing like this, like shallow plastic thing while married to Billy Bob Thornton. Like obviously (laughs) she's got other stuff going on. Like obviously (laughs) there are other things. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's it's very strange. I just wanted to point that out. Meanwhile, Edward Edward Burns oh my gosh. is married to a former model. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah, well anyway. I, yeah, just the uh, I just like why uh, it's just he's just like the epitome of male privilege in the most annoying like the laziest form of it um it's so frustrating it's really like i think i would like him more if he was like a monster who used his privilege to like be successful and like powerful or something because at least he'd be active he's just like a passive asshole who like benefits from double standards yeah yeah Um, and exactly and like and so when she has the moment with tony shalhoub he has this moment where he shows up he like puts down this like end table that he carries around like a like oh yeah and he just like stands on his pedestal he calls it his pedestal because it like makes him like closer to god for his prediction it's just like a whole fucking thing like i felt like it was i was watching men in black like it was very (laughs) like yeah it is very like supernatural (laughs) I mean, it's all like this is a rom com that's based around a prophecy. So, yeah, it's. <laughs> I guess in that sense, it's like a nice departure from a lot of the plot lines. Um, but yeah, and so like he he tells her that she's not going to get the job, and that in next Thursday she's going to die, and it's just like. And basically, like obviously, she's. On one hand, she's like, whatever, he's not right. And then another hand, she's freaked out because um, he, well, she's not freaked out at first. You know, I mean, she's a little shook. But then um, the next day, the same, the Seahawks score that he predicted is on. It's like exactly on the nose. And then he also predicted a an earthquake. And that happens as well. So then she starts getting freaked out because she's like, well, his predictions are right. Um, so she goes to Edward Burns because he's the only person who really like he was there and he's the one who knew the guy and Edward Burns immediately gaslights her. Yeah, it's it's so yeah, Edward, he's so useless in like helping her unless it benefits him directly. Like he becomes nicer to her when he gets the feeling that she might like be with him yeah and it's really annoying like it makes me think that he doesn't care about her well-being outside of the fact that he might that she might be with him and that makes me really dislike him and it makes me like wish that she had it's not even that she doesn't have people that she can talk to i wish that she felt like she could talk to other people that weren't him yeah because like the movie, like, I mean, there's there's a scene where she tries to talk to her sister because she's thinking, like, oh, I'm going to die. I need to, like, talk to the people in my life. So she basically goes and tries to clear the air. And she's like, hey, like, ever since mom died, like, I just feel like we've been distant. And, like, 
do you ever think about meaning and like if you're just going through the motions and you you don't actually believe in what your life is and her sister just completely ices her out yeah it was yeah it made me it made me really upset because like essentially like the sister doesn't seem to like her because she works on television and because she dates a famous person but her sister feels that way while living in a mansion and while like having like like while living like a very wealthy life so it just doesn't makes sense that she's upset and like i mean and to angelina jolie's character's credit her character's name is laney by the way to her to her credit she's basically just like yeah i just don't see like why you think that i'm doing better than you when you're more financially secure than i am and you like have a more like better like traditional life and like the sister is just like (laughs) This is, yeah, she's like, you Sister's have two like, kids who are like, you know, of course, they're like honor students. And yeah. Like um, and the sister, oh, I guess the sister's husband is like dealing with alcoholism and sex addiction. And she brings that up out of nowhere. And then and and Lainey's like, oh, I didn't know that. And she's like, as if you didn't. And then she's basically like, leave. And I'm like, it's just what? like, oh, why would why would Lainey know that? Like, like you don't talk yeah. to her. Like, why are you mad at her for your husband's issues? Also, yeah okay those issues are hard but that doesn't discount the fact that you're just as privileged as laney like what why are yeah exactly like Like, why are you really mad yeah it's it's so yeah yeah (laughs) i yeah i really don't like her sister and like i i I totally understand why they're not close like sometimes i'm just like well why aren't they close it's just like well it's not her fault like (laughs) like this chick is just impossible (laughs) yeah um yeah and like you know uh she she doesn't feel close to her dad she doesn't feel like her dad sees her or is impressed by her work um which is a thing that i think is a little like we get a nice emotional moment at the end but in general i still think it's kind of underexplored i agree because i think that is supposed to be one of the big reasons she's i think she's ambitious because she cares about she genuinely like wants to be a reporter but i also think the way her ambition takes shape is partially motivated by losing her mother and this disrupted relationship with her father and sister. So she's like, okay, I have to make myself, um, I have to build myself on my own. Yeah. And so she tries Um, to call her man and he's just like, I don't feel like phone sex tonight. (laughs) Yeah. They make him such, like he really, they make him so useless. Like, and I was like, I don't know. I feel like Lainey's character is way too smart to be into this guy. Like, yeah, yeah, he's very you know? much like a prop. Like, yeah, it's it's very weird because like when we get to and we're getting there very close. When we get to when she just like completely breaks down, like when she breaks down, you realize how smart she is yes. even more than she is, and it makes it makes everything that's happened before that make even less sense. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's obvious she's been suppressing a lot of parts of herself. Like, and you would be with someone who would, like, when you try to talk about your emotions, ask you if you're on your period? Yeah, he acted what? like a, Like, he had the emotional maturity of a high school guy. And it, not a smart high school guy, either. It, it, yeah, it's it's really bad. And, it, and it's like, the movie makes it seem like her transition to, like, 
her transition is like about her being like egocentric self-involved and like it's it's really bad because okay so basically edward burns gives her like a dressing down and we find out that they slept together once and like she considers it to be a big mistake and blah 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 and then she and then he calls her like egocentric and like self-involved and the whole time that he's talking i'm just like is she because she hasn't expressed any of that. Like, I haven't like, seen all any of that. she's done is shut him down when he's being a dick. Like, right. when they're at work, she's like, no, let's be professional. And he's like, oh, wow, you're so uptight and egotistical. No, she's just trying to do her job. And you're, like, acting like a child. Yeah. And you can't handle that. And you really can't handle that from a woman you're attracted to. So you're going to act like she's some sort of asshole when really you're an asshole. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that's the, one of the main problems with the conceit of this movie. If she was a bad person, maybe I could understand like Adam's character putting her Leap through this. was an asshole like, In- and was like genuinely shallow. Um, But like Angelina Jolie's character in this movie, like honestly just wanted to do her job well. She and and she never she was never mean to anybody. She never hurt anyone. She wasn't even really particularly a snob. She just wanted to be left alone with the people that she wanted to have in her life and the life that she wanted. Which that's is fairly not, healthy. Yeah, that's <laughs> not a crime. Yeah, you don't have to be best friends with everyone, especially when you're already a public figure who has that like level of emotional involvement and labor and etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's um yeah, it's really it's really silly. So she finally has her breakdown. Um after like a techno montage. Oh man, early 2000s techno is just peachy keen. Oh yeah, there's it's oh, definitely man. a very early 2000s movie. It's it, it's really I was talking to yeah, like I was talking with AJ about how <laughs> There are several moments in the movie. I feel like in the early 2000s, if somebody was on their cell phone, that meant they were a business push person. It was like they're on their cell phone. They're obviously like career person, which now wouldn't work because everyone's on their cell phone and it doesn't really matter. But I, I thought it was really funny. Some of the technology based shots that were like this person's on the phone on the sidewalk. And I was just like, oh, man, 2002. Like now, it would just be everybody on their phone, and it wouldn't mean anything. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, okay, so let's talk about the the breakdown scene. So we wa- we're in the house. There's snacks everywhere. There's like Chinese. There are like records and sleeves strewn yes. about. There's there's soda. There's junk food, and then we see her. We see Angelina Jolie. That wig, it's either a different wig or they or they must they must it. up the wig. They yeah. must up the wig. They they put her in glasses and they put her in a social distortion t-shirt. My God. Oh yeah. It was <laughs> I was I was very attracted to her in that scene. Oh, she was, right? I was like, she's, that's like a look. Like, this is supposed to be her, like, being a mess. I was like, she looks way hotter this way. She looks, and it's, yeah, and she she looks so good. And, like, you see, like, a picture of her in high school, and you basically see, like, that's who she was in high school. Like, she looks, she looks like a fucking drummer. Like, and I'm just like, that's... 
she's awesome. Like, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> like I related to her character finally. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was I like, was, oh, I we was, probably would have listened like, to a lot of the same me. mixed TVs. Like, I'm so about this. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was finally like, finally, I see myself in one of these films. Right? Like, I really, I really got her. And then there was somebody, and then um, uh, Christian Kane comes in and he's just like, have you showered? And she's like, nah. She's like, no, I didn't shower today. Oh my, and I'm just like, girl. I also, like, and he's girl. like, girl. Right? And she's just like eating and like. And just like listening, like rocking just, out. Yeah, she was just having, living her best life. And he was just <laughs> such an asshole. And I also, I really had a hard time believing his character because I feel like even his character who's supposed to be this, like, cardboard cutout of, like, a rude jock, like, would be like, oh, how are you? You're having fun. <laughs> like, do you want a beer? Like, I don't know. I just couldn't imagine him actually being upset by that. Yeah. It's, also, it, one day without a shower, like, she's not, like, like I like how he's like, oh, gross. I was like, really? Come no. On. It, it, like, here's the thing. Like, if you do not like your woman when she has not had a shower and her hair is a little messy, that's like, not that's, that's not like, your woman. Yeah, you like, don't actually <laughs> like her. And you definitely shouldn't marry her. Definitely like, not. Yeah. yeah. Like, what what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing here? Um, and like, well, then did she ask, like, oh, why do you want to marry me? He has the nerve to say, you've got a great ass. And then, yeah, that's his leading <laughs> line. And then he goes, and you're and you're kind of funny. And I was like, no, what? abort, abort, abort. Like, I was like, wow, this guy isn't even good at lying. Like, he can't even just be like, you're like, it's very easy to answer that question without being brilliant. You can just be like, you're smart, you're funny, you're attractive. Like, like but he there he are so many up. things that you can say that like won't get you in trouble. Like, you've got a great ass. Yeah. What a, what nonsense. Um and she, then and then she tries to talk about emotions and he's just like, I love you because we don't have to talk about stuff like that. And then he takes her to um Safeco Field where he pitches balls and she's supposed to do batting practice. And at first she's like kind of into it. She's like, Okay, this is kind of cool. And then and then he's like, yeah, I just do this for 20 minutes so I don't have to think about my feelings. And she's like, wait, so you're just trying to get me to not talk about my feelings? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, really? And then she dumps him. Yeah, she awesome. breaks it. And then, oh, my God. Okay, so let's get into what he says when she breaks up with him. She says, they're basically lined up behind you, Lainey. What? Right? I'd be like, bye. Have fun with them. What? That's so manipulative. Like, like that was in his pocket. Like he was waiting to say. He was like, waiting. Like she's to obviously say- gonna dump me eventually because I'm a deadbeat like partner. But like, I'm gonna get so much pussy, and I was like, ugh. Oh my god. Like, like proof, proof that he never cared about you because that's the first thing he's saying. Like that's what you say a month after the breakup when you're angry and you're trying to get over it. Like, oh, it's man. Yeah. Um, and so this is when she really, she really, she really goes off, man. Like she's just like, she's like drinking. She's wearing sweats. She's wearing her glasses full time. Like she's really just like out. She's really out here. And then she finally, okay. She finally is like ready to like come back to work. 
and they're wondering where she's at and she shows up she's in the sweat she's in the cap and she's ready to go and like she hasn't showered or whatever and she's just like really fucking chill and like really fucking sexy in this scene honestly like to be real um and (laughs) and like edward burns tries to like not let her go on because you know she's not polished after making fun of her for being polished in the entire he is movie, truly the worst. I truly he is, cannot stand he is him. Garbage, and it's like it's like a it's like a bus bus drivers are on strike. That's like the time when it's like you want to be down, and like she was, she had the windbreaker on. She was oh, like, yeah, I she am was like here with these bus drivers. She's like fuck yeah, like let's strike. She, and then she does she. she Oh my gosh. Oh my god, when she goes when she, she starts goes. singing she starts singing I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> and of course everybody sings along. Cause like she's like talking to this bus driver and she she's like, What do you want? And he's like, you know, better wages, like better hours, better vehicles. And then she's like, That makes me think of this Rolling Stone song. And then she starts singing. Oh my god, it's so good. And like it was it was so adorable. It was so cute. And like um it was one of those things where like everybody's like, What is this crazy bitch doing? And then all of a sudden everybody's into it. It's so weird that everybody's surprised that she is invested in the story that she's doing like it's so strange yeah like they're like wow she really cares it's like yeah that's how she got where she is (laughs) um and it's it's also great because it's like it's a scene that goes on forever and like at some point kyle who was sitting adjacent to me was just like he was just like the caucasity but i was like yes this is this is a white moment in cinema but like it's it's very amusing delightful yeah yeah absolutely i was like they're like having fun with this moment and like and then like eventually they put like a black woman in the shot who's like really getting down yeah she was like like, i like the rolling stones (laughs) yeah let's do this absolutely it's it's great it's it's great it's so wild how people like call her crazy for there's nothing crazy about what she did and maybe it's just because we're used to like personality news of like today and maybe i don't know maybe it was like weirder in 2002 i can't really say because i was too young to really care to know what the difference yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely um yeah and i mean these are the beginning of the this is like the beginning of the bush years which like this movie made me realize that because you know when you live in the south a lot of the candidates that the rest of America hates, like, we don't. So when Bush yeah. became president, nothing really changed where I was. Right. No one really cared. Like, no, like, it was positive and positive neutral. Yeah, you know? totally. Totally. Yeah. So it was just like interesting. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Because, like, because at the beginning, Stockard Channing is like, she's going to be um, reviewing former president Bill Clinton. And I was like, oh, yeah, 2002. Right? Fuck. <laughs> I know. It's uh, like, yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting when um, the president is brought up in movies that are, like, over eight years old. Because I'm like, oh, shit. It, one part of me feels like that that's so long ago and another part of me is like that isn't that long ago like for, i was alive i was cognizant i had thoughts for, yeah like yeah yeah it's just interesting because i'm like trying to figure realize that like how little i n- know about like what the news was like 
pre-Obama, really, because I wasn't really paying attention. I mean, I remember, I definitely remember, like, I I mean, living in Seattle, like, during Bush, people were angry about Bush, um, for sure. Um, and I do remember, I do remember, I mostly remember Clinton's affair and people talking about Clinton getting impeached. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty young at that point. Um, and I remember just having vague notions and being like, he had an affair. Like I was like eight, you know? So, um, that's the extent of what I really knew about Bill Clinton at that point. But yeah, I never really started paying attention to the news until I got into feminism. So like as much as I'm just like, so I'm watching this movie and I'm just like, okay, um, it just seems like she was invested in the news and the stories. But I'm wondering if there was, you know, a, a direct transition in those years from delivering the news, you know, just delivering it to like personal investment, like personal kind of news and I don't know if it happened then or if it happened before then it's hard for me to know because I was in the south you know yeah so I mean it's just yeah it's a different world yeah yeah totally (laughs) so it's just it's just interesting just the way that they refer to everything and in everybody acting crazy and especially now that I'm like you know I'm totally like Pro every like the bus stuff. I'm just like, of course you want to get loud about that. Like better wages, better stuff. Yeah. Unionize, like drain them, like get them to pay, like. And I did feel like <laughs> I did feel like Seattle was a good city to have it set in, um, for that climate because it felt very accurate, um, uh, like just politically and and like the local aspects, especially for 2002 because obviously Seattle has changed a lot with Amazon moving there um but i mean politically it's still the same on paper um yeah i just i felt like that was very accurate uh depiction and it it is also interesting because angelina jolie is very political in real life um and i don't i don't know enough about her personal life to know when she really started i mean i could easily google this when she started her united nations work but she is very political so it's interesting to see her in a role that is politically convicted and yet it's weird that we're talking about uh, like that we're that we're even talking about this on this podcast because it's just like I, i'm always surprised when you know any of these movies actually tried to be about anything especially like past 1999 i never expect any of these movies to be about shit um <laughs> oh for sure yeah <laughs> yeah i mean and like that's the thing is like it is a romance because I mean, because it is and because her and Edward Burns are they fall for each other and it drives me crazy. But I think I was able to enjoy the movie because there is so much else going on. So in that sense, it felt opposite of Leap Year because Leap Year, it just there was nothing like it just felt flat and long. And this movie had a lot of context. It had the political context. It had the geographical context. um, And um. And the dynamics with her father and her sister that were underexplored. So, yeah, you know, I thought Edward Burns was really frustrating. And the whole conceit, I mean, it ends with her. Sorry, spoilers, but, you know, it's 16 years old. So um, it ends with her basically giving up 
the job that she she gets the big network job in New York and she gives it up because she realized when she thought she was going to die, she realized that life is about so much more. And she ends up going back to Seattle to be with Edward Burns. And that just makes me so angry <laughs> because no, <laughs> like it's it's just another movie where the female protagonist is punished for being ambitious. And yeah, it's just like basically like everybody asked her to take her stick, take the stick out of her ass, even though I would argue that she didn't have one in the first place. And then she does. And then people have an issue with that. And here's my thing. Here's my here's my real here's my real thing. Both versions of this woman, the woman that we meet in the beginning and the woman that we have at the end. um, they are both good people and people that I would like to be around. Yeah, like like she seems great. <laughs> and she's not she's not stuck up. She's just good at doing things. Like she is just an like an attractive woman who is successful. Like that is all. Like she's not rude to anyone. She's not elitist. Um she goes and visits her dad. Like yeah, it's just purely it really does just feel like misogyny. It does. And like um, that's like that's basically what I said. Like when my roommate asked me like what the movie was like, I was just like, you know, it'd be a pretty good movie if it wasn't for all the sexism. And that's really that's yeah. really what holds it back. It, yeah. That's really it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um I would I would be really curious to know what Angelina Jolie herself feels about this role. Um obviously I don't have a line to her, but just uh, both on the level of like how she feels about the misogyny in the film, um, if it bothered her, but also as somebody who is political in real life, you know, how she felt being in a role like that, if that felt kind of natural. Um, yeah. Um, and being in a role that's like ha often hated for no reason. Yeah. Like, and yeah, because she like there's like things like, OK, so this movie is so 2002, like sometimes it's just like because a lot of it's about like wealthy people who aren't really interested in like any popular culture that I would be related to. It, it I, I almost feel nothing. But for this, it was different. Like, they were playing Jimmy Eat World on this soundtrack. Yeah. This kid was talking. Um, Edward Burns has a son, a very cute, adorable son. Yeah, this kid's talking about Limp Biscuit. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's very, like, the musical choices very much set it in 2002. And, um, yeah, it it's. I like it. I think it's rich with context in that sense. It's just like the actual love story um, is really condescending. And yeah, the kid basically kind of saves it a little bit because when they do the hanging out montage and stuff, like having the kid around yeah. is really helpful. Edward and Burns like, son is like genuinely like a fun, sweet kid and gets along with Angelina Jolie and like makes Edward more less less of just an asshole. Like it humanizes him. Yeah. And so they, they like get together and they have sex and then she gets the job that she wants. Like everybody thinks, oh, she made this like crazy risk, but turns out that, you know, the news like you know dedication and enthusiasm. Wow. Wild. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, wow. It's almost like they want people to watch it. <laughs> what a concept. And um then he gets mad at her. For accepting the job that he knew that she wanted. And then he has the nerve to be like, nothing ever satisfies your appetite for long. Shut the fuck up. You knew that's like, what she wanted. No, this is like, that's so, it was funny. AJ and I were both like, what the hell is he doing? I was like, <laughs> like, like what? I was, I was also like, okay, 
first of all, your critique is completely invalid. Second of all, you knew she wanted this job. The only way his critique would be somewhat valid is if she got the job and immediately was like, this isn't enough. Like, no, this is a job she's been working for, like, towards for years. You knew this. And now you're going to be a jerk because you guys hooked up once? Like, calm down. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like they fucked, like, once before the film started. And then, like, they fuck once in the film. And it's just like... You and don't. Obviously, has had feelings for her since the first time they fucked, probably before then. Um, but he's really bad at express. He expresses them like a thirteen-year-old. Like he's just mean to her. Yeah, it's like yeah, he's such a baby. It's 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 so it's so annoying. And she goes to so she goes and she she goes to New York to get the job. And um, there's a bunch of stuff with the prophecy. I find the prophecy really uninteresting, which is why I haven't talked about it. And I assume that's why you haven't talked about it either. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I feel like I said what I wanted about Tony Shalhoub, and that's really all I feel about. Yeah, the prophecy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he so he goes and he's worried that she's gonna die. Um, and she she goes to do the interview and it's actually oh my god this interview scene is actually really fucking awesome so she goes she interviews Stockard Channing and and she finds out oh you're only supposed to do ask her questions that she can answer and she decides to just throw it out and she's just like you got all this success and was it worth it and wow like the inter- like what follows is like because you know Stockard Channing isn't in this movie for very much and it's almost like she's like supposed to be a symbolic character and i really thought that she was going to be wasted in this movie and then this scene happens and i was like no she wasn't yeah this is fucking great it was great (laughs) and and yeah she ends up crying oh my god just basically like i don't know like she's like i don't know and and of course the the network heads love it and want to immediately give angelina jolie the job and she says no i'm gonna go home she's thinking about Edward Burns. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, before that scene, we should mention that uh, the payoff for the dad thing is you find out that uh, he, he says, uh, oh, yeah, I tape all your stuff. And then there's a video of this little white girl that could never be in Angelina Jolie singing for her mom. And it's actually really cute. Um, it is really cute. It's like, obviously this, a, this kid is really talented. Like I when like her mom's kid. sick and she's very sweet and she loves her mom a lot. And... Um, yeah, because the in earlier scenes, the father doesn't really respond to Angelina Jolie when she's telling him about work. He kind of ignores that, but he's paying attention to the sister talking about his grandkids. So that moment, I feel like with the video, was a really sweet kind of bookend to that. Yeah, dynamic. I just yeah, because it it really punctuates the fact that like he loves her, he just doesn't know how to talk to her. Yeah, which I think is like something that a lot of dads feel. And I think the other sister, the th- the difference between Angelina and Jolie and the other sister is Angelina and Jolie is receptive. And so she tests the waters with her dad. And when he doesn't really respond, she just kind of pulls back. But her sister just kind of has this barreling style where she's just like, I'm here. I'm talking about the kids. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like, yeah. She's more she's more aggressive about yeah, it. Yeah. So the father seems more engaged because he's kind of forced to be. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So she so she gets that. And, you know, she, so she gets, and she gets the New York job and, you know, she, I mean, Stockard Channing tries to, like, get her fired and it just, it doesn't work. She, she could, she basically gets the opportunity that she wanted and she gives it all up for 
to like. I hope that you heard me put my phone just down on my desk because it's just you. It's like she thought get, she was gonna die because um Tony Shalhoub told her, then she freaks out and like li- like listens to social distortion again, which is great, and like hooks up with Edward Burns and dumps her fiance. Then she gets this job, and because she hasn't died, she realizes life is about more than status. Supposedly, and and also that interview with Stalker Channing, she's like, "Oh, success isn't all that matters." So I guess I'll just give up literally all of my ambition and go be with this guy. That and I then just like walk, and then just like walk out into the road and immediately get shot. Yeah, <laughs> <sighs> it's and go it, hang out, go hang out with him and his son. Like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna yeah, marry it's just him like, and, it's like, like it's like you're giving up a giant career move to move back to Seattle to be with the guy who basically negged you into a relationship and i just don't see it i just don't see it and if this is how he treats you at the beginning of the relationship imagine when the novelty of you has worn off i kept thinking about that i was like this is his game at the beginning when he wants her like can you imagine after they've had a few years and some fights like yeah this kind of behavior is not okay like i'm so tired of the (laughs) shit it's it's in so many movies (laughs) Um. Yeah, and also just like I also thought, like, why can't she take the job if she doesn't like it? She'll make a bunch of money at once and go do something else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's very much like a you know why why see why is your seize of the day go be with some fuck who wears flannel like and why and he's living in a house by himself. He could he could fly out to you like exactly. I don't get it like. Like have a few weekend trips. Like you guys yeah. can both afford it. This movie, yeah. I, I also I, the amount of money. I don't. I don't know what um, local news reporters make, but I know they don't actually make that much. As they don't make the apartment money that she made. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that her standard of living was coming from living with the baseball star. So she actually needed this job, probably. Yeah, because she was like, I actually don't know like where she was living. It kind of seemed like she was just kind of. Like crashing at Edward Burns's place. Yeah, because once she dumped, yeah, once she dumped, um, well, it was weird because at the beginning it showed her in an apartment, but then later it seemed like she was living with her fiance. So, yeah. And I don't know if it was his or both of theirs or what the deal was. Yeah, I don't know what was going on, but the, the, the long and short of it is that, like, she. I just she I don't like I don't think there's anything wrong with her there is nothing wrong with her she didn't she's allowed to be like and and part of it was like oh she gets stressed out yeah that's normal you get stressed out when you care about stuff like that doesn't make you a bad uptight person and and why it just does feel hella gendered because it's like oh she's she's not being fuckable enough oh she's too fuckable like oh she's like what do you want from her (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is my leave Britney alone video. <laughs> like leave, <laughs> leave Lady alone. <laughs> leave her alone. Yeah, she's fine. She didn't need Pete. Like she would have been fine. She would have prospered in New York. And you know what? She could have worn her glasses and worn her must up wig and got her like a finance man. She could have 
honestly could have like found like any comedian. <laughs> oh, for sure. Any comedian. I know that was my <laughs> other thought is I was like, there are so many men like Edward Burns you can find in New York and they'll probably. Edward Burns looks like any comedian. He looks like literally everybody that I know. Like, and that doesn't make him, I don't know. I'm not saying he's like ugly or anything. It's, it's neither here nor there. It's just like, she can find him. <laughs> like that will be easy. Um, yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's a better, if like there's an answer to this movie. If there's an answer to this movie, because I mean, like, who, what, uh, because like I don't like this plot, so I don't even want you to. You know what? That's the thing is like this plot, like it. I mean, we, it's we've very done this plot a few leap times, year, but it's like very. It's like this is the better version of Leap Year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I mean, the plots are obviously different, but just the the whole cynical man and the and the and the career woman. Um, it's like the opposite of a manic pixie dream girl. It's like the depressive uh, pixie dream asshole. I don't know. I don't know what you call him. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, just watch Sleepless in Seattle if you want to watch a Seattle rom com. You know, <laughs> just like just do it. Like, or I mean, like you can watch this movie. Just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, really, anything is. <laughs> Like, I mean, this is, like, an enjoyable... It's enjoyable, but, like, only if you don't think about, like, what it's trying to say. Because what it's trying to say is really silly. Yeah. <laughs> I just... I I think also what bothered me is that these movies are very sub-zero. It's very much this idea that you can't have some sort of spiritual, emotional, internal, like, you know, come-to-Jesus moment where you you realize that you need to be in touch with yourself in another way for, to have meaning. Like, it's like these movies make it so that the character is not allowed to do that and keep ambition. Yeah. And I don't believe that those are at odds. I think you can be ambitious and completely in tune with yourself and like have a knowledge that money and status is not what life is all about, but still want to like be good at something. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. Yeah, my recommendation is another movie. Yeah, just watch something else. <laughs> just watch just just watch something else. Um, watch something else that this guy has made. Watch Bill and Ted. That's <laughs> such a different vibe. I love it. Like watch yeah. like watch another watch a um this guy did uh Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yeah. Watch Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. What a delight. Yeah. Just just cuz this movie it's like it hurt me because it has so many actors that I enjoy and it's well made and there's a lot of parts of it I like, but it really does feel just so misogynistic. Like this movie just hates Angelina Jolie. Um, and her wig is so distracting. Oh man. It, is it <laughs> the ever. Wig was, the wig was its own character. Ooh, that wig, that wig went on a journey too. Right. <laughs> like she went on a character journey. Her wig went on a character journey. Everyone is going on a character journey. I wanted journey. like it a was, little like a side like interview with the beautiful. wig where the wig could just tell us like the process. Oh my God. Yes. I need the wig. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, I mean, you guys know the drill. We would love for you to rate us. Um, listen, comment, interact, 
love yourself. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll be back next week. We will. Yes. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye.